Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 78, The Curious Case of Ramco. The top two investor questions for a consumer startup. One, do you have product market fit yet? And two, what is the platform? Building a platform brand right from the start is the strategy equivalent of branding agencies telling you to build a lifestyle brand, whatever that is. The words lifestyle and platform appeal to our desire for scale and our interest in grandiose visions, but that's about all they do. There is no scientific evidence that either approach leads reliably to scale. Yet brands continue to launch this way, usually the ones with a lot of seed money. Now, if your name is Dwayne Johnson or Jessica Alba, you might be able to pull it off. I noticed, though, that The Rock is not platforming either of his CBG brands, Terramana, Tequila, and Zoe Energy. I think I know why. Founders usually anchor their platform brands in an ingredient like Chia or an attribute like Keto. The idea is that consumers will buy from multiple categories if your brand can own the platform in their minds. And it sounds really sexy, but there's a problem. In Ramping Your Brand, I published the first ever data science showing that the multi-category platform consumer startups tend to decelerate well before they hit $100 million in sales. Now, this may not prevent an exit for a few, but it almost always does. And behavior experts know why this deceleration is happening. It's not that platform brands fail in absolute terms as businesses or even fail to grow or that they fail to survive in the market. Many do. With enough slotting money, I'm still shocked at how much scale you can buy in a fee-hungry FMCG retail environment. It's that brands that platform too early They rarely scale, folks. That's the problem. And they don't scale because they violate the power of focus principle and fail to generate initial memorability with a critical mass of wildly enthusiastic fans. In many cases, I have found that the R&D put behind each set of category UPCs in the platform brand isn't yielding the same level of quality. Shortcuts get taken. Mediocrity, folks, has a way of creeping in when you're trying to do way too much too quickly to chase the scale that investors demand on an unrealistic timeline. But there's a more fundamental problem with brands that platform immediately out of the gate. They rely on a fallacy. And the fallacy is that shoppers shop primarily for ingredients or attributes and then consider categories. That would be nice. But it just isn't how humans think. We procure culturally salient categories of objects. Categories are collective cultural creations, folks. And we've always, always procured material culture in this categorical way. And so then, after we select a category, we select producers based on category-specific criteria that matter to us. So just because I prefer almond flour in my crackers doesn't mean I care at all 
about almond flour being in my baking mixes. And just because you can find a tiny niche of folks who do care about both does not contradict what I'm saying at a population level. So consumers already have enough brands. This is the problem. If you're launching a new one in today's market, you will be replacing one that the consumer now uses on a very similar occasion. And the optimal way to win this tough battle is to come off as a category expert, as a highly focused innovator in a specific category of object, or better yet, to create a new category in consumer culture so that you can actually define how to buy it. Now, I often get asked, what should we do, James, if we platformed out of the gate and we want to change that? The case of Rampco shows you how to think about refocusing a prematurely platformed brand into something that can accelerate adequately off of consumer enthusiasm. And it shows you how to set an appropriate time frame for doing so, which will not be 12 months. Rampco is a semi-fictionalized example based on my quiet client work. It's an angel-funded early-stage food company that was seeded well enough to get into phase two, reasonably quickly, by the beginning of year one of operations. Not that common. It did so by launching eight UPCs in four different categories relatively quickly, with brokerage assistance. In fact, one of the founders had old ties to the brokerage before forming the company. The founders initially believed they had a multi-category ingredient platform, whose key ingredient was primed for rapid acceleration. What follows is a dramatic refocusing pivot. And on this podcast, I'm giving you the shortened form. The focus of this case study is on the top-line math only, to demonstrate to you the feasibility of this rarely taken strategic move. At only around $2 million in trailing sales after year two, Ramco launched into a fifth category. And this became the seed of a totally different strategy. Because in just six months, the new UPCs in this fifth category had contributed the majority of the year's top-line growth. The new products had literally exploded organically off the shelf without any dedicated out-of-store marketing. The founders debated for a few days at an offsite about how to react to this development. They quickly realized that the stability of the base business merited taking a calculated risk on this new killer category as they knew deep down it had the potential to become the core of an entire brand, even though it was stuck in a UPC mix of very average performers. Over the next three years, they combined strategic underinvestment in the older UPCs with paced delistings from their distributor catalog. They worked closely with their distributor reps and buyers to make it clear that this was all highly strategic and it would yield a faster-growing brand for everyone involved. But even they were shocked at how simplified the business became in just three years' time. During this period, they managed to grow three hero UPCs to become 75% of all top-line sales. And they had reduced their UPC mix to just three categories, from a maximum of five and 13 original UPCs. In the next year, they even planned to slash the smallest third category out of the mix as an operational distraction. Distraction, the opposite of focus. When a brand launches out of the gate with a platform strategy, founders get continuously distracted by this or that category they could push into. Brokers and distributors are all too happy to support this mentality. I call it the trade show strategy. 
because it relies on a one growth fundamental. New items are what generates long-term growth. Yet the data science is clear, it doesn't. It leads most of the time to deceleration and stagnation, even to decline when it involves spreading all over the grocery store in unrelated categories. What may surprise some readers is how unwilling many platform brand operators are to invest in even a three-year wait in order to give this pivot approach a try. Now, given that even the best early-stage premium price brands take seven to ten years to scale, and that's if they can do it exponentially, this is a really odd position to take. It also surprises me how many supposedly risk-prone venture capital investors do not trust in the behavioral and cultural dynamics that explain how deplatforming can work. They don't see the reason for hope. Focusing on one category and expanding UPCs within it, just like Spindrift has been doing, allows operations and the supply chain to stop overwhelming the leadership's time and headspace. With mental time freed up, leadership can finally focus on the critical out-of-store cultural insertions that I discuss at length in my book, and which still work in our COVID-19 world. They can also focus on leading a well-rounded 4P playbook and managing the kind of diverse team necessary to support such a playbook. Tight UPC focus within a single operating category is liberating at all levels of an early-stage company. Its opposite, UPC proliferation, clogs everything up and leads mostly to stagnation and sector-level growth rates at best. This is true despite anecdotal cases that you may see out there suggesting the contrary. But you do need some organic market response somewhere in your UPC mix to trigger the deployment of a deplatforming strategy. You need surprise exponential growth to create the opportunity for you. Don't try to force deplatforming when you have no real hero UPCs growing exponentially. You need to develop those first, or in the case of Ramco, stumble upon them and then react nimbly like all entrepreneurs are set up as private companies to do. If you'd like to read the entire case study of Ramco, please visit my recent article at the Food Institute at www.foodinstitute.com. Just type in Ramco, R-A-M-P-C-O, in the search bar. And that's all I got for you, folks. And remember, as always, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.